Welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today is an interesting episode. First, we have two people. We have uh, Michael Moore and Rob Edwards who are joining us, but they're actually talking about something that we all need to know more about, some places we need to visit, some things we need to do, some experiences that need to be had, and just a really, really dope project. So first, let me welcome Michael Moore and Rob Edwards to the show. How y'all doing today? Oh, we're doing great. Doing great. Good. Thank Thank you for for having us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So we start each one of our shows in a unique way. And uh, each question is usually the same to the overwhelming majority of our guests. But we like to start our show by having our guests walk us through the arc of their careers. And you've both had storied careers outside of your latest project involving legendary South Carolinian Robert Smalls. But Michael, talk a bit about all the things you've done from being a CEO to being the founding president and CEO of the International African-American Museum in Charleston to your current project honoring your great, great grandfather, Robert Smalls. And I hope I put enough greats in there. (laughs) Just two. (laughs) Yes. Great, great. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, You know, I I grew up, I've been a business guy. Um, I was fortunate to get a wonderful scholarship uh, to get an MBA from Duke University and um, from there jumped in and worked at Coke and at Kraft and and then sort of went on a more entrepreneurial path. Um, I got to South Carolina. I was CEO of a company called Glory Foods. um, And uh, we brought that company to South Carolina, maybe 24. 14 or something like that, and uh, and joined the board of the International African American Museum that at the time was a fledgling idea that Mayor Joe Riley uh, was was heading. Um, Congressman Clyburn was on the chaired the board and it was, you know, just sort of to get the idea. Now that museum fast forward just opened a few months ago. Um, I ended up uh, joining when we sold Glory Foods, joining the museum uh, as the founding president and CEO to get that going. Um, and and yeah, now, you know, I, I have um, been very inspired by uh, the legacy of, of my family and, and by what Robert Small certainly did. And uh, in, in, a, in a way, am um, have jumped in and am running for Congress. In fact, running for the same seat that uh, he served in, uh, you know, back in the 1870s and 80s. So we, a lot of this is kind of coming full circle. Mm. So in a, in a short, you know, sort of synopsis, that that's kind of the the arc. Well, we'll 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 have a we'll have a conversation about that last part in a minute, Robert. Same question for you. Talk about uh, your work and the arc of your career, and why did you choose to team up with Michael on this project? Oh, great. Oh, it's good. Save the best for last. Um, uh, my uh, arc as a storyteller actually comes from uh, I was the only black student at an uh, basically all white uh, uh, prep school uh, in, in Michigan, Cranbrook, where, where Mitt Romney went, by the way. Oh, yeah. uh, and so in, in my grade, I was the only black student in, uh, uh, for two years there, a boarding student at seven and seventh grade. Uh, and I kind of discovered very quickly that um that it's better to make a joke than to get in a fight. So uh, I just kind of, you know, just started telling stories and just started, um, you know, uh, uh, making friends that way. And that developed into just an interest in storytelling in general. Um, when I was uh, uh, you know, ready for college, my dad, dad was a doctor and had dreams of me becoming a, uh, a doctor himself. 
He actually wanted to go to Morehouse, uh, but, <laughs> but he wound up going to uh, uh, Indiana, and um, and his what? dream was. I mean, you know, I, I mean that, that's not even that ain't even on the same. I don't even the, know how that happens. I I tell you what, the way he tells it is that he there was there were there was one spot open, and he gave it up for a friend. That's the way he tells oh, it. Okay. So uh, and this is the med school. So uh, yeah, so that was it. So uh, all his life, he was like, oh, my son's going to go to Morehouse. He's going to live the life I never lived. He's going to be the doctor. He's going to go into practice with me. And then I'll eventually give my practice up to him. And uh, and I told him my dream was to write jokes. And so so that was uh, basically, you know, I just kind of blew his dreams uh, out of the water. I went to Syracuse, uh, wrote a bunch of plays while I was there, did stand up, did um, a lot of uh, short stories and that kind of thing. Came out here, continued to do stand up. Um, and then just fear of my father yanking me into med school <laughs> and me having to be a, a gastroenterologist for the rest of my life. I uh, I just started uh, 24, 24 hours a day, just writing, writing, writing. And uh, I wound up breaking into all kinds of stuff. I, I, I wrote uh, uh, Fresh Prince, Full House, uh, In Living Color, Rock, um, moved into movies where I did uh, Treasure Planet and, uh, you know, and then Princess and the Frog, uh, both of which were nominated for Academy Awards. And uh, Princess and the Frog was nominated for uh, a, a Golden Globe. And then uh, one of my friends from high school calls me up and says, hey, I got this story. There's this guy, Captain Robert Smalls. Uh, uh, we have a uh, we have a script written by wonderful writer Robert Whitehill um, about a guy who's, you know, commandeers a boat and, and uh, sails it to freedom and give it a read. And so when I read it, I thought, OK, well, this is a great story. But when I Wikipedia the guy, I thought half of his story takes place after he's free. You know, it, it's it was amazing that that he had just done uh, all kinds of things. I think I'm the only one here who has not run for Congress. But the uh, but the, he was, uh, you know, five time congressman. He did, uh, you know, he started a railroad. He's the reason why we have public school education. He's the reason why we have black people in the military. Um, uh, uh, a million things that he had done after he was free. And I thought, what a great opportunity to tell a story about how what happens when we are truly free? What happens when the when the boot of racism is 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 taken off of our throats? Uh, because that period of Reconstruction was such a wonderful free time uh, for us, and the production Legion M um, uh, put me together with with Michael Bulwer Moore. They said, you know, hey, his great great grandson is is out there giving TED talks. You should meet him. And uh, turns out that Michael uh, also went to Syracuse. And um, and uh, go orange. And so we uh, immediately hit it off and he just started telling the stories that I didn't even see in any of the research. And it just starts coming together. I mean, there's a lot of times we talk about how I think the the, um, you know, uh, Captain Robert Smalls is looking down on us and kind of pushing the ball along because uh, there's things that just happen uh, almost magically on this project. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, 
you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. You know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you both, and and I'll start with you, Michael, as as the quote unquote relative, I guess. But for those individuals who are listening to the show, we have listeners all over the world. In South Carolina, we tell, we kind of take for granted our history. I mean, because we talk about it in we talk about it in barbershops. You know, I always say that the the smell of gun smoke and sleeping on jailhouse floors is like common for every Saturday or Sunday morning when you're in South Carolina. We take it a little bit for granted. So people know who Robert Smalls is. They know Robert Smalls. They know Demar Desi. Um, but for those who may not know, tell them something they may not read in Wikipedia about who Robert Smalls was or something you all learned about him or something that uh, will be portrayed in your project. Yeah, I think I think at the core, you know, every enslaved person likely dreamed of somehow figuring out a way to throw off the yoke of of slavery and, and to be free. Um, I think one of the things that is undertold and that I think is that this project is 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 going to touch on is, you know, I, I think at the core, Robert, you know, he was a, a husband. He was a father. He loved his family. And he knew that if he could figure out a way to be free, that was the best, if not the only way to protect that family, to keep folks together. Um, You know, obviously through slavery, people can be bought and sold at a whim. And and so I think think that's the thing. But I mean, there there are so many superlatives about Robert Smalls. Rob just started, I mean, he was the first African-American to command a United States naval vessel. You know, he founded the Republican Party in the state of South Carolina, which I am forced to mention was the Progressive Party of Lincoln at that time. Um, you know, he was a, a major general in the South Carolina militia. Um, he was, um, you know, one of the first things he did, he got a reward for delivering the planter to the United States. The first thing he did with that money um, was to pay for tutors to um the morning and in the evening to teach him how to read and write, because obviously that was prohibited during slavery. Um, you know, he, as, as Rob mentioned, he wrote the legislation to create the first free compulsory statewide public school system mm-hmm. here in South Carolina, but in in the in the country. Um, so there are just so many things uh, that he did at a time when this nation really needed so much in the way of sort of recalibration. Um, he stepped up and uh, and did big things. All right, Robert, questions for you. And in your research, because you are in this field and shout out Rock's one of the greatest shows on earth that nobody ever talks about. I mean, I think you just give Rock its props like it. Thank you. Yes. Um, Has anyone else done anything major on the life of Robert Smalls? Or is this the first major product, major project that tells his story that you're aware of? And why it? If that's the case, why and how does that happen? He's I mean, he's that fascinating and that important to American history and culture. I think I know the answer, but I'm going to let you. Well, yes, exactly. The biggest. (laughs) Yeah. Now, let's start there, because the biggest travesty in this whole thing is that uh, there are faces of Captain Robert Smalls on every T-shirt in every high school in America. 
that he was an American hero. And um, the the stories that get told of him are just about the what the heist, right? You know, he oh, he stole a boat. Yeah, well, it, it was pretty epic the way he did it, though. I ain't gonna it lie. Was, I mean, it was truly it epic. It deserves it deserves its 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 own its own uh, uh, series. You know, it, it was truly truly an epic uh, thing that he did, and the way that he did it, and uh, and what he had to manage as he was doing it, who he, uh, you know, uh, one person in the manifest when they when they uh, you know uh, surrendered the boat to the union, one person was missing from the crew because they didn't trust him, and another person was on the manifest that wasn't on the crew. It was a uh, shipping, uh, 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 the fisherman who helped the, f- the families get on the boat. And he jumped on the boat uh, along with him. So he's on the manifest. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff like that. And and so, uh, yeah, that is the greatest tragedy is that we don't know uh, very much about this. And when I was looking through the history, most of what I found were, you know, and I got to say, well, you know, it's a political show, but, you know, it's, it's told by white people. You know, um, history is just passed down. And, you know, the Daughters of the American Revolution did their job. They really uh, kind of expunged a lot of the uh, heroes from our from our record, from all I can tell. And uh, so this time, as we're going through it, and as I was talking to Michael Boulware uh, about about like the history of it and just bringing this humanity of it, uh, I realized that this is probably the first time it's been told by a black man um, or, you know, by a black person in general. So uh, uh, so instantly from that I took on a lot the project took on a lot of weight because there were things that I needed to to look under you know everything I had to second guess everything that was out there and uh and tell the story and in telling it from that perspective like what Michael was saying about him being a family man you know him loving his family so much he wanted to bring a better life for them and that that's at his core that he uh you know he had a family he did not want them to be sold off uh, to other to other places and 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 away he went um looking at it that way we're able to tell the story in a way that nobody ever has before and probably nobody ever will after yeah i mean this is a lot of weight for you to like don't f it up is the is the moral <laughs> of this story i was like you're, yeah well, you, have, first, you have black history on at your fingertips like absolutely well, well, you know, first, first black princess was the same thing you know everybody <laughs> that's all anybody all any of my friends said first black princess dude don't f it up <laughs> I said, you know. go ahead no, Mike, but you know the one, the one thing i would would jump in and add though is you know over the years i i've given you know hundreds of interviews about robert smalls i've had a number of people come up whether writing books or you know there's a play that's about to be released uh at the gilliard in charleston this fall or musicals or even a couple of movie projects that never made it um you know, I've been so impressed with Rob's diligence. Um, you know, my, my sense is, is that Rob, the base of Rob's experience is in fiction, where you can create the story. But he dove so deeply into the history and he asked questions that no one had ever asked me before. You know, really thought provoking things. I had to call my my mom to, you know, say, hey, do you remember, you know, these things? And so I, I've just been so impressed with him. And um, it, it's going to show in the in the in the script and in the story. Let me let me ask this one question because one of the little known facts uh, about me is I've, I'm beginning to try to dabble in the world of Hollywood, which by itself is a really unique place. 
And one of the first projects I did back in 2017, although we're in arbitration now, I just had to testify a couple of weeks ago as a whole. Another story was I bought the animated rights to March, which was John Lewis's graphic novel. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But you choose an interesting format for the project that you're choosing in a graphic novel. And he had a series of maybe graphic novels. Maybe graphic novel is not the right word for what March is, but it's like a graphic series. But you've chosen a graphic novel. Why why choose that format? Well, uh, for me, it's like we live in this really, really strange time where people are not letting us read our history. You know, they're trying to take our history away from us. And I look at it like this. I say that that it's a it's a huge threat like 50 years ago. Oh, we're going to burn these books. Oh, we're going to take this away from you. Oh, we're not going to teach this in schools. But we live in a book where you can buy a digital book, you know, so so you can get you can get a book. The question is, how do you get people where they where they are at, you know, um, and the graphic novel is a great way to do it. You know, kids, kids read it. Uh, you want to show it for um, for what it is. It's an exciting story. Robert Smalls is essentially a comic book superhero. Uh, no matter how you slice it. So uh, this is a great way to tell a great story um, about a great man. So I think it was natural. The other part of it is, as I'm sure you're dealing with with March uh, and a lot of other things, like there is no Frederick Douglass movie. There is no, you know, uh, there's a million movies that are not out there is because there's no IP. There's no, um, uh, you know, right. for the buyers, for the streamers, especially, they're very cost conscious and they're very, uh, you know, they're, they're extremely <laughs> in many ways conservative. And so if it is not already successful, they are not going to take their chance and try to make it successful. So our job is to get out there and have it be a successful uh, graphic novel first. Now, we had the Kickstarter campaign uh, uh, last month and it went through the roof. So there is a, a, a hunger out there and we have uh, our website set up defiantproject.com uh, where you can kind of go and check out whatever we're, we're, we're up to now. But the uh, it's Robert Smalls is trending on Google largely because of us. And uh, I want to oh, keep but, that. I love the I love the humility. Not a, it's hey, man. Hey, man. You know, <laughs> I'm. I'm just saying everybody is I was I, I teach at USC and I mentioned it last night and everybody was like, oh, that's you. So it's like, OK, good, good. You know, but it was it was that. I mean, it's been 200 years I had, since this. I had no happened. idea you were in. I had no idea you were in Columbia, Rob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hollywood, there's only one USC. So uh, <laughs> there, there uh, is only one USC. We won't go down that path. Michael knows very, very well. There's only one USC. <laughs> I'm a father of two four-year-olds or four and a half to be five in January who they may not read novels just yet. We, we wish they did. They could, they could help mommy and daddy pay the bills if they were reading novels now, but how else uh, will you share this story in a format for early learners or earlier learners who should know who Robert Smalls is? Michael's got a book. Yeah. I mean, Look, I think I think the graphic novel is a very creative, very contemporary uh, piece of work. I think you know some of the most amazing um, artists are putting all of their best effort into it. So I think that's going to stand on its own, and I think it's going to have wide sort of uh, you know sort of target of, of 
of consumers, readers to, to look at it and to, to enjoy it. Um, at the same time, I am actually, um, I've got a, um, an illustrated book that's coming out next spring. Um, it's a different project. It's called Freedom on the Sea. It's an illustrated book with a, a really talented uh, um, graphic sort of uh, artist called Brian Collier, who's won all sorts of awards for. Oh, Brian for Collier! He's the, he's one of the best in the world. Brian Collier. Yeah. he's he's expensive illustrator, but Brian Collier literally is the best black illustrator in the world today. Yeah, I mean he's he's great, and so that'll be out next spring, and that that'll be targeted, I think, towards a, a little bit of a younger viewer, and uh, and we'll be sure to get uh, get you a copy for your kids. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, and I then and then that. hopefully. And then hopefully uh, uh, down the line, uh, uh, I'm in the Writers Guild, but uh, we're um, hopefully after the strike, we'll be talking about other uh, other aspects, uh, you know, other uh, types of uh, ways to present this story. Um, and the conversations we were having right before the strike were really amazing. Uh, I, I was I was stunned at the amount of people who were just lined up to to help us tell the story. So, yeah, we'll get right back on that as soon as the strike is over. I appreciate that. And what about those stickies over there, Rob? You got you got me. Distracted. Oh my God, this is this is the history. Okay, on my wall for those of us listening, on my wall on my door is the history of uh, Robert Smalls. So he's born at the top of the at the top of the door, and then there's a little gap. And then when he's ten years old, he just starts doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And then he, I believe, the planter is at, at about the doorknob, and then uh, his history. His history in Congress, um, uh, the uh, one dr huge dramatic thing, the the uh, George Tillman uh, debacle, where uh, you know they tried to set him up when he was in in Congress, he he wound up having to leave for a little while, uh, sued uh, sued to get his uh, place back, and uh, and that, and then of course he dies at the at the uh, bottom of the uh, <laughs> of the door in 1915. So, um, uh, yeah, so all the way through, I keep saying like, oh, wait, when, when was the 13th Amendment? When was the 14th? When was the 15th? Uh, and so those things go up there. And then, uh, you know, everything, you know, the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation, all of that stuff. The, uh, the fun chapter, what was it when uh, they keep saying, you know, that Lincoln had this, this time when he was considering exporting slaves to Africa. And uh, I go do my deep dive and like he actually did it. He appropriated six hundred thousand dollars of taxpayer money and they shipped 450 people off to Lille uh, uh Cow Island uh, off of Haiti, um, of which 350 returned. 30 died of smallpox on the way and the rest died on the island of starvation and, and, and other diseases. Uh, but they actually did it. This is, a, again, another story that doesn't get told very much, but it's in that history because um, one thing that, that, that Lincoln did was after uh, Frederick Douglass, a lot of people said no to it. Lincoln went out and said that Robert Small said yes and started publicizing it as, you know, uh, the most famous black person in the world uh, advocates for this for this thing. So there's all these little stories and they all wind up on a uh, on their own resident post-it note. So I don't miss anything as I'm going. So the, in, the in the category of, fair, of not effing it up. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, also there's, yeah, right. Protein powder. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ask this question. The most important question here. This yes. is the question that Coop and Gabrielle care most about, I'm sure. But when will Defiant be available and how can we get it? And how can we follow both of you uh, trendsetters? 
on social media. Absolutely. The uh, we're hoping to get the book out by um, uh, by Black History Month of next year. So uh, right now, uh, Nicholas uh, Nicholas Draper Ivy, uh, amazing cartoonist who does Static Shock, is doing the covers. Um, uh, Ray, uh, Ray Anthony Height, who is, uh, who does Black Panther comic books is doing the, uh, interiors. Uh, we have, uh, you know, uh, uh, Chris Robinson, who is also the editor of Black Panther is, is editing for us. And so those things are all, you know, we're scrambling to get everything uh, ready, hoping to uh, make a, uh, February deadline. Uh, there will be three volumes of it because he's too big for one volume. So, so we're going to get all that stuff out. And you can follow us at defiantproject.com. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, I believe we will continue to sell books and uh, because a lot of people want to donate them to schools, which I love. That, the, just the idea of crates of, these, uh, of this wonderful story being dropped off at, at high schools around the country. Especially in a couple of states that I won't mention. <laughs> yeah, it'll get it'll get banned in Texas and Florida. Michael, Rob, how can people follow you? I am at uh, on uh, I guess X. I am uh, Michael underscore B underscore more, and then Michael B more um, without the underscores on uh, on Insta. Yeah, I'm I am Rob Edwards everywhere. So gotcha. Got you. Well, fellas, this is a dope project. I absolutely love this project. There's so many more to write. Like I said, Denmark Vesey should be one that's coming up soon. Absolutely. There's so many, there's so many others that we can get our hands on that we should. You know, we don't know enough about Sojourner Truth and Harriet Tubman. We know they nope. exist with Mary McLeod Bethune. We know um, one thing about Harriet Tubman. But th that's it. She's in she's in this story. She was at Robert Smalls' house. Right. So, fellas, we just say thank you for all the work that you are doing and all the work that you will do with this project. I wish you guys a great deal of success moving forward. I can't wait for the strike to be over. And maybe one day we'll see this on another screen. God bless you both. Thank God you for joining us on this podcast. Thanks, guys.